with a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Costa Nostra studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys. Now, this is our look at the marquee games for Week 15, including the Saturday, Sunday, and Monday nighters. Also, Andy's going to offer up a delicious sandwich game. I'll toss in a money line, Matty pick, and as always, our picks for all this weekend's games can be found on almostwiseguys.com. But first, with me as always from Almost Wise Guys Central, it's Andy the Prognosticator Attridge. How you doing, Andy? I'm doing all right. Thank you, Matthew. Um, it's official. The New York Jets are officially out of the playoffs now for the 11th straight season. And this might surprise you. So are the Jacksonville Jaguars. And my Bears. Uh, no, technically they are still alive. But, you know, if you look at last week's game with the Jaguars... It's hard to believe they didn't win by throwing four interceptions, committing nine penalties for over 70 yards, and having six carries for a total of eight rushing yards. I mean, to me, that sounds like a recipe for success, but I don't think that was the only thing that happened to the Jags this week. Uh, was there something else? Yeah, I believe Urban Meyer got his walking papers from the team. He's now uh, unemployed, which a lot of Jags fans will say is a long time coming. That's for sure. And I mean, look at the discipline from last game. Uh, four interceptions, nine penalties for over 70 yards. That's a that's an undisciplined, poorly coached team. How do I know as a Bears fan? I'm cheering for a poorly coached team at this time. But uh, I digress. I won't let my anger get into this. Now, Herb... You know, he, he generally isn't the kind of guy to show contrition, but everybody in life learns from experiences. And uh, this week I did some digging for you, Andy. Yeah. And I've, yeah, I, totally. And I found the top five things that Urban Meyer learned coaching in the pros. Number five. Winning is a lot easier when the fans don't care about recruiting felons. Lineman Ronnie Wilson was charged in April of 2007 with assaulting a man by punching him, spitting on him, and then opening fire via an AK-47 outside of a nightclub. Number four. If you kick a player or staff member in the NFL, there will be problems. In college, the athletic director and the boosters will cover it up. Well, it looks like this will all blow over. The girl's father's a big booster, contributes a lot of money. So he says they won't go to the press. I mean, he's not exactly happy about all this, but he doesn't want to hurt the program. Number three. In college, if you want to hire a racist strength and conditioning coach, that's your prerogative of czar. I mean, head coach. You were made to be ruled. In the end, you will always kneel. Number two. Calling players and coaches losers only works when the players are kids and have no self-esteem. They're both losers! Losers! And now, the number one... The skanks in college? Way easier. That's what I love about these high school girls, man. I get older, they stay the same age. Now, just before we fire it up, I do want to mention one thing. And I don't have the stats in front of me to back this up. But Andy, this seems to have been a bad year for wise guys. As I've been noticing a lot of double-digit spreads being covered by the favorite. Um, I think you're absolutely hit the nail on the head. So far this season, we've seen a lot more uh, favorites covering. To the point where we should almost consider changing the name of the podcast to almost Chalky McChalk Chalk. Hi-oh! 
Well, you know, as a wise guy, anytime you see a double digit spread, especially if the dog is at home, forget about it. A lot of the times, yeah, that dog's going to lose, but they'll cover that 10 points this year. Not so. Well, there's a lot of double digit spreads on the board this week. Kind of juicy. If you're a wise guy, forget about it. All right, the first game on the docket is the Saturday Nighter this week. Uh, Indianapolis plays host to the New England Patriots. Indy, two and a half point favorites at home, with 45 being the over under. Pretty important game in the AFC as uh, far as the, the standings go. New England's won eight straight against Indy, and uh, uh, the Patriots 6-0 and on the road this season. 3-4 and at home, which is crazy. Gillette Stadium's normally almost a gimme for them, but 6-0 and on the road this year. What do you think they do at Lucas Oil Stadium? Because I think I might be uh, sick of betting against the hoodie. I'm just tired of giving my money away. Well, so the Patriots are two-and-a-half-point underdogs. What kind of a world do we live in, Matt, when the Patriots are underdogs the same week that Jacksonville Jaguars are four-point favorites? It just, it's just that kind of a season. But as you mentioned earlier, these are two teams that could easily match up in the playoffs. And right now, right now there's no team hotter than the Patriots. They've won seven straight, straight up, and more importantly to us, They've covered all seven against the spread, but yet they're a two-and-a-half-point underdog. And this actually opened up as the Colts being a two-and-a-half-point dog. Well, and the, the Patriots love it. Like, Well, not the Patriots. Let me rephrase that. Belichick loves it when you call him an underdog. He thrives oh, yeah. on that because he's not getting his respect. And if you're not going to give him the respect, he's going to take it. I've already covered this. They lead the league right now in scoring defense. They allow just over 15 points per game. But if you just look at the last seven that they won, that goes down to 10.4 points a game. And I think the best comparison between these two teams is look at uh, opposing red zone scoring. New England, they're allowing their opponents to score in the red zone 45% of the time. Indy, over 70 that is a huge difference in points when you translate that kind of spread and percentage out over a whole season. Uh, but one, once again, Belichick is a fantastic defensive coach. In fact, I think it's defense first for him. On the other side of the ball, though, he's got Mac Jones, 70.3 completion percent this season. That's the highest by any rookie with 100 or more pass attempts in NFL history. So uh, Belichick can coach up a quarterback either that or he just lets josh mcdaniels do his thing and with the 25th pick in the 2010 nfl draft the denver broncos select tim tebow the colts though I, jonathan taylor is a stud love that guy uh he's accounted for 35 percent of the colts scrimmage yards this season the only player uh in the nfl right now with that accounts for more than 30 percent of his team's yards and the Colts have been playing very well this year. But man, the Pats are just giant killers. Every time you think there's an offense that's going to run all over them or pass all over them, they just show up and they stick it to them. When you think you can pass all over them, let's consider Carson Wentz is under center for the Colts. Now, he's been playing pretty well this season, but he's still Carson Wentz. Wentz's third down pass is picked. 
But as you mentioned about Jonathan Taylor, he leads the league in rushing, not by a little bit, by over 300 yards. And he scored a touchdown in, wait for it, each of his last 10 games. But what is the hoodie famous for? Taking away your biggest weapon. And if he can do that, I can see the Patriots winning this game. Yeah, being one-dimensional. Yeah, if you got a stud and he can carry you, that can help you a lot. But against a coach like Belichick, no way. Because he'll take him out and make you beat him other ways. And if Carson Wentz doesn't have the run game, that's when you'll see the mistakes creep in. I love New England here. This is under a, a field goal. But damn, their road record this year, I think they stay perfect. I'm keeping them as my money line Maddie pick this week. Oh! Oh! Yeah. Ravens Nation. Oh, we know it's purple and black. And if you're not a Ravens fan, welcome. Welcome to Baltimore, Maryland, M&T Bank Stadium, where our opponents don't make it out alive unless we bury it. All right, let's move to Sunday, where we head to Charm City and the Baltimore Ravens, five and a half point underdogs at home against the Green Bay Packers. 43 and a half is your over under. The Ravens are five and one at home this year, but without Lamar, that record should take a hit this weekend. Well, the line's already taken a hit. I think it moved either it was either two and a half or three points uh, since it looks like Tyler Huntley is going to go in there. Because um, obviously Lamar, he's questionable with an ankle injury. Aaron Rodgers said his toe issue got worse after the game against your Bears. And once again, he I say this year after year, he is the cologne that takes the stink off that defense. You stink. And the Packers' defense has allowed over 30 points per game in the last three games. Yeah, absolutely. Their defense is terrible. Like, look at even how they they made the Bears' offense last week look fantastic. And, I mean, hey, like Justin Fields, I'm excited for that kid. Once we get a real coach in there, that kid is going to light it up. But the way he made the, he made the Packers' defense look like rank amateurs. Yeah, and, and honestly, the move from... Lamar Jackson to Tyler Huntley probably shouldn't be that big. Both guys are big and mobile. In in fact, that's why they got Huntley, because they basically run the same type of offense. Last week, when called upon, he threw for 270 yards, had one touchdown pass, no interceptions, and he ran the ball for 45 yards. Well, he's going to have to step in and do the job, because it isn't getting any easier for the Ravens this year. The rest of their opponents have a 500 or better record. Uh, Green Bay this week, Cincinnati, the Rams, and Pittsburgh. Um, I mean, I don't think Pittsburgh's going to be that tough, but they do have more than a 500 record. Um, The Ravens also are having some serious discipline issues as well, which is not normal for a Harbaugh coach team. Uh, 10 or more penalties in two straight games. Uh, That hasn't happened since 2019. So you got to clean that up. You get penalties like that, and you're giving the ball back to Aaron Rodgers enough times in the game. He's just going to beat you. You can't give that guy extra chances. Yeah, you look at the total here. It's only 43 and a half. It's going to be a close game probably. The wind speed is 13 miles an hour. So I'm going to take the better kicker in Justin Tucker, who's hitting 93% of his field goals this season, as opposed to the normally reliable Mason Crosby, who's only successful 68% of the time this season. 
Oh, they'll just go for it more with uh, Rodgers. And, of course, because that guy leads a charm life, he'll come out with the win. I'm uh, taking Green Bay to cover here in Charm City. Everybody knows that the Packers suck. The Bills make me want to kick your heels up and shout. Throw your hands up and shout. Throw your head back and shout. Come on now, the Bills are making it happen now. All right, Bills Mafia, what's going on? Head back to Orchard Park this weekend, and uh, you're playing host to the Carolina Panthers. The Bills are favored by ten and a half points. And like, let's first of all, um, the Panthers have lost eight of their last ten games after starting the season three and zero. The Bills have lost four of their last six games after starting the season five and two. And Buffalo's three and three at home. Carolina three and three on the road. And how demoralizing was it for Buffalo last week? It looked like they were going to get right. They really picked it up against a crazy good team. And, of course, once again, Tom Brady just turns it on in overtime, right? can't believe Giselle gets to sleep with him. Of course. But let's look at the Bills' game plan. They were almost three minutes into the second half before they did their first run play to an actual running back and in fact, that was in a punt formation, or rather a fake punt formation. So, oh, hang on, run the ball, uh, we win. Don't run the ball, we lose. And we saw that before uh, on Monday night against New England. Oh, hang on, who do they play next week? New England. You know what this means. It's an almost wise guys sandwich game. What are you? An idiot sandwich. The Bills have now lost three of their last four. Josh Allen sprained his foot. He was walking around in the boot after the game last week. He'll likely be playing, but with a hobble. And if he doesn't play, enter your guy from Chicago, Mitchell Trubisky. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Yikes. Um, Weather also would uh, suggest uh, possible narrowing of the spread as uh, it will be at the freezing mark and wind gusts that could reach your golden number of 15 mile an hour. Yeah, and, you know, they're missing their their quarterback, Tredavious White, who's out for the season with a torn ACL. But that defense in general has not looked quite right since late November. There is no doubt that the Carolina Panthers are struggling. Struggling. They fired Joe Brady, apparently for not getting production out of quarterbacks named Sam Darnold, Same ghost. Cam Newton, and P.J. Walker. Dynamite! If it was me, I'd be like, dude, man, three of shit is shit. If you really want to fuck me, you'd throw in Blaine Gabbert and Nate Peterman. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. And, oh, it's no Christian McCaffrey either, so... What do they have? Surprisingly, the best passing defense in the entire NFL at a league low 178 yards per game. The run defense, nothing really special, but they only allow 21.7 points per game, and that's good for eighth in the league. Well, the the Bills don't run, so it doesn't matter if you don't have the uh, best run defense, and you're right about the passing. They've only allowed two opposing quarterbacks to throw for more than 230 yards. Zach Wilson and Kirk Cousins have done it. And not saying Josh Allen can't do it, but it's just been very odd in Buffalo, the fall off in play, and now you're telling me that they're going to cover a a double-digit spread? 
Well, if they don't turn the ball over, Carolina, that is, this could be a close game. And Sean McDermott, he's not going to leave skilled guys in too long if they do have a big lead, you know, opening up the back door for a cover. They got, you know, they got New England on deck, so he's certainly not going to be emptying out the playbook on the Panthers. I'm going to invite all the players to go down to Main Street in East Aurora to the Bar Bill Tavern for a classic beef and whack sandwich. It's made with roast beef on a Kumawek roll, a roll that is topped with kosher salt and caraway seeds. The meat on the sandwich is served rare and thinly cut, with the top bun getting a dip of au jus and spread with horseradish. And of course, it's served with chips and a pickle. Yeah, I'm signing off on your sandwich game, buddy. I'm going with the Panthers as well, just to cover. Right, Sunday night, big NFC matchup here is the Tampa Bay Bucks are at home against the New Orleans Saints. The Bucks, 11 point favorites with a pretty low total of 46 and a half. Um, very interesting when it comes to trends here is the Saints have won three straight regular season games versus Tom Brady, but Brady has never lost four straight regular season games to a single opponent in his entire career. The Bucks also outstanding standing at home six and oh this year uh and 30 or more points in each game well let's remember the saints did beat the bucks in week eight 36 to 27 but that was with the trevor simeon Jameis winston combo and now they have Taysom hill who looked good in a win over the jets not that hard to do you well, know. yeah it's the jets man the jets he had that team is struggling struggling and he had 73 rushing yards he had one passing TD and two rushing TDs. So pretty Taysom Hill-like. But in this game, he threw no interceptions, which is exactly four fewer than he threw against the Cowboys. But in the game against the Cowboys, they did not have the backfield luxury, also known as Alvin Kamara. This week, they do. And they've won four of their last five when he's in the lineup. Well, the Saints have allowed a 103 passer rating on short passes this season. I just found this interesting because I was looking at uh, some NGS stats, and uh, Tom Brady has the NGS single-season records in both pass touchdowns at 23 and passer rating 124.6 on short passes, and that's this season. So he's gonna he'll take what the Saints give him, and the Saints will give you the underneath. And if you do, Tom Brady will eat you for dinner all game long. And this is at home. This is an eleven point spread, but we were talking about this off the top. In that I've seen a lot of double digit spreads get covered this year, and I think that the Bucks are going to cover this eleven point spread at home. Crazy enough as that sounds, just take my wise guy card away. But here we are. Well, TB12, he's been playing lights out, right? You mentioned it. But their once strong defense has allowed over 25 points a game in their last three outings. And right now, cornerback Sean Murphy Bunting and Carlton Davis will be out again. And Jordan Whitehead will also not likely be playing either this week. And their whole secondary has been decimated to the point where their cornerbacks are practicing as safeties and vice versa because they're not sure who they're going to plug and play. In that situation... I I really like the Saints to cover the double-digit spread. I'm taking the Saints. Yeah, where's the Eric Carbon we know? The Eric Carbon we know breaks the rules, and he gets away with it. Just like his hero. Come on, who's your hero, Carbon? <sighs> Tom Brady. 
Right, and what does Tom Brady do after breaking the rules? Deny and subvert. Yeah! Yeah, what, well, what would Tom Brady say if he got caught shoplifting? Everybody's shoplifts, why are you coming down on me? Yeah! You're Tom Brady, Cartman. And that new principal in there is the football commissioner trying to dictate his punishment to you. And what happens when an invulnerable cheater comes up against an elitist corporate dictator? The perfect storm of hypocrisy that everyone in the country has to deal with for months on end. Yeah! You're right, guys. I'm gonna Tom Brady this thing. Yeah! I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, you're not giving me four days of detention, you're only giving me one! Yeah! No, no, to hell with that! You're giving me no days of detention! And I'm gonna go home and f my hot wife! Who's not even that hot, kinda looks like a dude! Yeah! yeah. Well, I sound the night and I just got paid. Feel the time money, don't try to save. My heart said, go, go. Have a time, cause sound the night and I feel fine. Gonna rock it up. I'm gonna rip it up. It's finally Monday night. We head to Chicago, where my Bears are three and a half point underdogs at home against their NFC North Division rival, Minnesota Vikings. Now, the Bears have won five of their last six versus the Vikes. And another thing the Bears got going for us, we got that going for us, which is nice, uh, is that Kirk Cousins has the worst record, one and nine on Monday Night Football in NFL history with any quarterback with a minimum of 10 starts. I got three words for you. You like that? You know, he, it's a primetime game, and that's a death sentence for Cousins. In fact, in, in all primetime games, not just Monday night, he's 9-17 and 17 in such situations. Since the merger, there's only been 62 quarterbacks to have more than 500 pass attempts in primetime. Cousins ranks fourth worst, only behind Jeff George, Andy Dalton, and Jim, quote-unquote, Chrissy Everett. Jim, good to have you on the show. Good to be here, Jim. Thank you. Check that. Chris Everett, good to have you on the show. Matt, what if I told you last week that the Vikings would score the first 29 points? You would have thought that that had been a blowout, right? You would think so. And if I told you that your Bears would score 30 of their own at Lambeau, you would have probably been pretty pleased with their chances of winning or at least covering the double-digit spread. No, no, because if that would have happened, the Bears score 30, Rodgers would just put up 45. But anyway, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, so we had two solid examples of absolute bed shitting in the second half. Yes. This is a must win for the Vikings because they're going to have to win three of their next four to make the playoffs. But if it's a must win, it means you must have messed up somewhere to find yourself in that position. Right now, the Bears have nothing to lose, except maybe a head coach and GM. I don't see these players lying down for anyone. They can they can play fast and loose with really no significant consequences. Technically, they still have a slim chance of making the playoffs. But all the pressure here is totally on the Vikings in prime time, and we know what that means for Kirk Cousins. Yeah, to be said about the Vikings, which is very, they've had a very interesting season as uh, 12 of their 13 games this year have been decided by one possession. That's the most in the NFL. And they haven't lost a game by multiple scores. But everything's been close. I expect the same thing to happen here. It's a little more than a field goal. You got that three in the hook. I'll take it. Let's go Bears. Yeah, Justin Fields had the, had these guys amped up last week, at least in the first half. Eight different players had passed receptions. Now, he did lose one fumble and threw two picks. But if they can limit those mistakes, they got a serious chance in this one. I like the monsters of the midway to maroon the Vikings on Monday Night Football. I'm going with the Bears plus three and a half. And I like him to do it on the money line. Oh! Oh!
Now we head to the teaser section of the program where Andy and I both give you a teaser we're going to get down on this weekend. And uh, Andy, what do you like first? Well, both these teasers have one thing in common. They're low, well, two things actually. They're low totals and they go through the key numbers of three, four, and seven. For the first one, I'd like to go to the Hoosier State where the New England Patriots are playing the Indianapolis Colts. And I'd like to take the Patriots from plus two and a half to plus eight and a half. Next, we will go to Steel City and take Pittsburgh from plus one and a half to plus seven and a half. So, New England and Pittsburgh are the two legs of my teaser this week. Well, I'm going to do an NFC North special here. Vikes at Bears. That's my first leg. We're going to take the Bears from plus three and a half to plus nine and a half, heading through the key number of seven. And then, of course, uh, the pack at the Ravens. I'm going to take the Packers from minus five and a half to plus half a point. He's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Thank you for listening to week 15 of Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud, and then you won't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our website, almostwiseguys.com, for additional content and picks from all week 15 games across the NFL. From the Costa Nostra studios, for Andy the Prognosticator Attridge, back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner. If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hated it, please share it with two enemies. Tune in next week at the same bet time on the same bet channel. Sayonara. Okay, now, this is our Christmas song. In case you don't know what to get somebody for Christmas. There's lots of ideas in here, so listen and don't get stuck. Okay. By the way, that's me on the organ. Oh, you start. Okay. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a beer. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me two turtlenecks and a beer. Okay, good. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me three French toasts, two turtlenecks and a beer. Okay, that should be more there, eh? Where? On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Four pounds of back bacon, three French toast, two turtlenecks, and a beer in a tree. See, you need yeah. more. The fifth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me five golden toques, four pounds of back bacon, three French toast, two turtlenecks, and a beer in a tree. Okay, on the sixth, two golden Christmas, my true love gave to me six packs of two for five golden toques. Four pounds of back bacon, three French toast, two turtlenecks, and a beer in a tree. Okay. On the seventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me seven packs of smoke and yeah. oh, six packs of two five golden toots. Four pounds of back bacon, three French toast, two turtlenecks, and a beer in a tree. I keep forgetting. Okay. This should just be the two days of Christmas. It's too hard for us. Um, go hoser. Oh, eight day when the true love gave to me Eight comic books Seven packs of smoke Six packs of two for five And a beer Yeah, that beer is empty Okay, day uh, 12 Good day and welcome to day 12 Yeah Golden twos Four pounds of bag, three French toast, two turtlenecks, and a beer.